the big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract, ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. Hello and welcome to an all new episode of Talking Game of Thrones. I am your host Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm joined here with my co-host, the one and only Jen. How are you doing, Jen? Great, thank you. I hope you're doing. I well, actually, I know you're not doing as great as I am, but uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we will be talking about episode three of season eight of. Uh, Game of Thrones and it was called Battle of Winterfell and this was the big episode that we were all excited about actually this weekend was a nerd's paradise because you had Avengers Endgame came out you had tonight the Battle for Winterfell the one of the, the big anticipated episodes of the last season of Game of Thrones and also um, I haven't watched it yet but we have the season finale of American Gods so uh, it's a nerd triple header <laughs> so uh um i i've seen two of them avengers and uh and game of thrones so uh well, that's what we'll talk about you and i are in the same place uh, i've seen two of them but i've seen two different ones so oh, oh. okay i well, didn't get to go see avengers i wanted to but i just i was a good girl and i stayed home and did my work oh well why is that good i think that's bad <laughs> Good, uh well come girl, rent time it'll probably be good <laughs> a good girl would have went and seen the movie that's what i'm saying uh, oh okay okay well i mean homeless and have seen the avengers that could work yeah okay i'll, I'll buy that hey yeah you know, it's all for great art right <laughs> um so um let's talk about this battle for winterfeld episode uh let me start off by saying this you know, I don't want to be uh, one of those guys that, you know, uh, is, you know, one of those guys that's a sourpuss, right? Um, but uh, I want to start off by the positives about this episode. Uh, first of all, being that it's a, uh, being that, you know, we sometimes thank you sometimes we um we forget that tv programs don't look like this you know uh even the best of the best you know uh some of the the bigger budget shows like a walking dead or um with some other right budget we get shows. spoiled so this show is basically a feature film uh, with super duper special effects and cast of thousands and every episode right and this particular episode is better than a lot of films that you've seen in the theater as far as the assets that were used and the money that was spent and the man hours that's why it took two years to to make this last season was because you know, in this particular episode, I haven't seen the data on it, but I'm sure 
it took a long time to yeah. complete. And, you know, most dramas, I, just about all dramas, shoot on an eight-day shooting schedule, you know? And right. I guarantee you this was not an eight-day shooting schedule, <laughs> you know? This was yeah. uh, this was definitely, um, I you know, it took a long time. I don't, I'm not going to even try to guess how long it took. And it was fantastic in individuals. It was fantastic. It had great moments of action in it. And uh, let's applaud the the crew and the cast and everybody for for um, completing a feat that was pretty amazing as far as visual and what you can do on a television show. Yeah, I I agree. The production values were. Good. Other, I, I, the only, and I, I've heard it already said, you said it, a lot of people have already leveled the, the criticism that it was too dark, that why has it always got to be so dark, you know, that kind of stuff. But, uh, but that, to me, that didn't, that wasn't a, that seemed like a conscious choice that didn't seem like a, a bad production value, that just seemed like a conscious choice. So we can you know, kind of give them some heck for that, but the it, it, overall, everything that they did was seamless the effects in this one were amazing yes and i and i gotta be honest with you i'm glad you brought up the darkness it was so dark that i couldn't understand what was going on we we had already heard that it was going to be dark and had adjusted contrast on the screen so that it would be quite a bit lighter so that we could actually see more of what you know might be in there, and it and it worked. We adjusted some gamma on the TV, and it actually worked pretty well. I I did that, or I attempted to do that, and um, it was still a lot of stuff I couldn't make out. And oh, that's sad. Yeah, and it was very frustrating. That was very frustrating, um, because you know, obviously. You know, you can show darkness without, you know, mostly being blind, you know, while you're watching it, you know, like, and I felt like too much of it, the, um, it was, you couldn't tell what was going on. You couldn't enjoy it because of that. Now, um, maybe if I look at it on another screen, possibly, but my screen is pretty awesome. So I don't see how, you know what I'm saying? Like I have a very expensive television that... You know, I don't have this problem with other stuff. But anyway, so, you know, that was an, an issue that I had with the with it was and it was disappointing because I wanted to see what was going on. And I obviously was invested in it. But but I but honestly, I, I, well, and again, yeah, I mean, we can criticize them for making it too dark, but it was clearly made too dark, not it was too dark. They shot it too dark. They whatever was going on in there was uh, filter effects and other stuff because it it you could tell no I shouldn't say it that way I should say the production values for it were good it wasn't that there wasn't enough lighting it was that something else was happening it, because in the places where it should have been lit it was lit it's just overall everything felt so dark and also the other thing is and this is something that i think 
it, it, there, there's a mistake that happens with motion in the dark. It's in, almost impossible. We're not cats. So it's hard for us to track movement in the dark. And when we see stuff that's dark on a television screen, it's really easy to get distracted by whatever we see moving as opposed to the important thing that's moving in the screen. So that I, that definitely was not a great, uh, it, it wasn't fabulous, that's for sure. I, I, I will say, moving off from the uh, from from how dark it was, the sound quality this time, I'm not sure what else they did other than the score felt uh, dramatic in places and very understated in some places, but the sound editing itself was really amazing. I, I would go back to the Battle of the Bastards to kind of get a another feel because that also had amazing sound quality where every all the sound editing was just on point so yeah i mean you know i think that uh you know like i i mean i gave it the praise where where uh i felt like they did a a good job right right um, but i have to say I'm um I was disappointed in the episode because they have a habit of doing this on the show and I've never really criticized them too much but it was something I I I've noticed is they always do this ex machina thing you know <laughs> where like everybody is all bleak and then dragon ex machina you know <laughs> or it's uh you know what I'm saying where at the last second you know, something comes out, you know, to say, like, they, it's like they've done it so much. It's like, um, they do it, a, that's pretty much the re, the way that everything gets resolved, is, oh, it looks like everybody's gonna die, and then either a dragon pops out, or uh, Tywin's uh, army comes out at the last second, or, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's kind of old, and they did it, like, a bunch of times in this ep in this episode, like, the whole everybody's about to die or and then at the something just comes out of nowhere and you know and saves them or something like that you know that you know i mean i guess you know that's what they do on the show but so i actually had a very different reaction i absolutely loved it i i i was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I, I mean, even knowing some of the stuff that I thought was going to happen happened. I, I was not bored for even one second. I really, really, really liked it. In, in terms of how the show has grown up, in quotes, it has, I think that it really has grown up. And it, I know what you're saying about, you know, uh, surprise resolutions that that feel manufactured but i don't know in a way i feel like that's just the storytelling here i don't i don't think that there's any there isn't anything else sort of to be done inside of that environment because that's just the story that they're telling so i so i didn't expect anything other i expected that to happen and i really liked it i mean the, okay so there were some moments that i was like um I'm not so happy about it, but uh, but that's me as a fan who is invested in the story because 
selfishly, I wanted the story to go the way that I wanted it to go. But when I think about the story from an overall perspective, I, I mean, it's amazing how when I was watching a couple of weeks ago to prepare for this coming season and I rewatched the beginning seasons again, it almost feels like there was not just a lot of growth, but there was a lot of maturity happening behind the scenes. And when you get to this point, it it definitely feels like a really full experience. I I I mean I I guess I understand why you were not uh, happy with it. I can see your point of view, but I don't. It, it absolutely positively was not the what I walked away with. Yeah, I mean, like there's a lot to like about it, you know. I like the episode, right? But you know, I guess we'll get to the resolution. Now, you did, to be fair to you, you did say that's what you hoped it was going to be. And and I, do you remember what I said? <laughs> yeah, you said it, that sure better not be the way that they did. And I rolled my fucking eyes. When that happened, it was so... I was so annoyed. You, you could have just seen... Because, to be honest with you, I would have been okay with it. I wanted to see the Night King and Jon Snow fight, right? And I'll tell you, the scene where it looks like he's about to catch up to him and the, uh-huh. night, and the night King reanimates all the that was that was a great scene. That was That awesome. was a good scene. But I'm like, you know what I would have liked better if you wanted to do the Arya does the final blow if you could have had a battle between the Night King and Jon Snow, right? And then maybe it, it looks like he's going to die, and then they do Arium Ex Machina. You know, <laughs> I would have been okay with that if if they were if they would have had it, you know, because it was like it was building. You've been building up to that. You know, that's what you want to see. Sometimes fan service is the right thing to do. And... And that was just so, oh my God, it was like a limp noodle. It was just like, all of this was built up for that. Like all it, you know, it was just, it was so frustrating. And I was so disappointed because I was so excited about this season. The first, really? the first two episodes, the first episode was cool. The second one was boring. But you know what? This one was going to make those pay off. And it was just disappointing. Like that's how it ends. So... Oh, everything's fine. Night King dies. Everybody dies with him. And that's resolved. That's the resolution. I don't, I I feel, I feel like that's sort of short-sighted because I I don't think that that's the resolution, but, but uh, I'm going to, I'm going to push back a little bit on something here. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Because as somebody who has read all the way up and to the, where he's written so far, which is clearly not the ending that uh, is the that is the series per se. Uh, I've really enjoyed George Martin's books, right? It's it took me a, a while to sort of appreciate why it was so important to understand so much of his what felt like at the time superfluous details. But I, I feel like the series did a fairly good credit to what George Martin had written. And it didn't feel to me like this episode was 
not it felt very different i think than where i think george martin was going to go or is going to go but I, I i don't feel like it was so far out of the realm of westeros that we're suddenly in some new or brand new territory it felt like it actually honored the characters in a way that i respected it didn't make anybody break in a way that I thought was, oh my God, this is totally out of character and I can't even see this happening because the books so far haven't even given us any of that clue or anything. Nothing like that felt, it just didn't feel that way. It felt like they were trying to do the best job that they could with the material that they had. Now, well, I'm going to, so I'm going to kind of put a cap on that and then say it, it, there is a point at which, especially during this episode, well, specifically this episode, that is so much came together that that it it was easy to forget that the point, and we touched on this last week, the point of Game of Thrones is not the 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 battle of the living versus the dead, although that is a huge part of it. It is still a plot point and, and it was an ongoing plot point. I don't know if it's actually been completely resolved. I'll tell you that. Uh, just sort of right off the top. I have a, I've got a question no, about that. No, I'm but, talking about, what I'm talking about is, it is resolved as far as the, um, the Night King. Well, okay, so this, so, so what we know about the Night King, you're right, this plot point is done. This particular plot point is done, at least as far as we know it. Whether this exists in another iteration, I don't know. I, I I would just remind people that there was a lot of history behind this and I I, I feel like it might be too short sighted to say, Oh, okay, well there's now there's never gonna be ever a threat from any White Walker ever again. I I find that less than genuine in my I just don't I don't know. And I'm not saying that all of a sudden something is gonna happen in the next couple of episodes and oh my god, there's gonna be another threat. I'm saying the way that the story feels written, it feels written to leave a little bit of an open ending to, even though our series is going to finish, clearly Westeros will continue. It's not just going to explode into nothingness. And I don't think that Westeros is done dealing with that threat because for a lot of reasons, but okay. So, but the other, I think the other thing though is again don't you feel like the point of game of thrones altogether other than some of the uh other than some of the the characters that came together that maybe didn't do what you expected them to do don't you feel like the whole thing altogether they have to come to some resolution inside of this and without doing it as spectacularly as they did what would have been your suggestion as to how they could get so much done in such a little amount of time? Because to me, it seemed like this was a good way to do that. Man, that was hot garbage. I'm, no, it I, wasn't. It was hot garbage. I was. I don't think so. I, it was terrible. That was bo- really. Yes, that was horrible. I don't know why you're making excuses for them. It was. Garbage. I'm not. I really it's liked garbage. it. That was a garbage wow. ending, and it and it was like I'm sitting there with my mouth open, like you gotta be kidding me, like I mean honestly, if it ended well, 
the episode, even the issues I had with the episode, I, I would have, um, I would have been more inclined to give it, you know, a pass. But, but the issues I had with it, and then it ended like that, and then it mm-hmm. was like all is well, and it was like that. Oh. I was like, that was a turd, and and it's a wow. Shame. And it's a shame because, you know, there's a, we went over, there was a lot of great things that were in that episode, but ultimately the resolution sucked. Man, we just definitely see this really differently because I, I don't again, know. You feel I, like you got to defend them. I like to be honest with you. I'm not, I don't have to defend I, them. They, I, I'm not defending. Uh, no, I'm absolutely not defending. I am saying that. I categorically had a much better experience with this episode than I think you did. And, and clearly than a number of other people did. I just, uh, I apparently I, I saw this very differently. I know I ain't the only one that thought it was trash. Oh no, you're not. You're not. I was all over social media and uh, no, you're not. You're and I, and I not. mind you, I just seen it. So I haven't looked at, cause I was avoiding social media. So I, I had, I just pulled it up now and, um, you know, like I said, if they wanted to have Arya do the final blow, which makes no sense because he she never had a connection to the Night King. Okay, whatever. But like I said, it was just the way that it came together. It's just, it's like, and it's like, okay, no one, his his crew didn't see her or anything. Like, serious. I, like, it's like these movies where, if you ever watched a movie where the bad guy, the killer or whatever, that dude is so smart through the whole movie. He's just smart. The police can't catch him. And then at the very end, he does like the most dumbest shit in the world. And that's how he's foiled. <laughs> like, that's how it felt like he was so like that scene where she says Dragos or whatever, Draculi or whatever the hell that she says. Dracarys. Right. Um, and then he <laughs> and then she lit him on fire. And then when the fire... Uh-huh. And then you see he's just smiling like that ain't do shit, bitch. You know, like that was dope. Like, you know, that was cool, right? And it's like he was a bad motherfucker, right? And then he dies mm-hmm. like a bitch. And it's like, are you kidding me? This is how the Night King goes out? Like a bitch. I, uh, see, I guess I just see it so differently. Because, okay, first of all, I see uh, Arya defending her home. Nobody but Arya could have defended her home. There's no other Starks left that, well, not pure Starks. There's no other Starks that could have defended as well as she could have. Mm. Maybe, maybe Jon Snow seemed like the logical choice, but Jon Snow gets everything in this series, everything. He Mm -hmm. is always the hero of every single line. He's been brought back from the dead. He's experienced things that most of the other characters haven't even begun. They have tiny little cross points. And so for Arya to do it, that felt okay. It felt totally fine and right. But the reason that it was good, the reason that I felt like it was good, not just okay, is that I hear what you're saying, but I don't think, see, I think we put too much emphasis into how would the Night King die as in the because the point of the entire episode was everybody was gonna die 
right? And so the fact that not everybody died, because somebody that I just read said not enough main characters died. I, 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 that kind of reasoning is a little bit strange to me. I don't quite understand why would you think that? I mean, help me no, out if you, I, uh, no, if you I, have I an know, answer. I know what he's saying is, it's illogical that most of the people you care about in that kind of a situation wouldn't die. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it should have probably been more of a blood. I, I hear what he's saying, and I kind of felt like that too. Like, if you think about it, the people who died, you expect Theon to die. You Mormont was was you expected him to die? The guy with the flaming sword who came back nineteen times, you know that wasn't a big shocker. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like so, most of the uh, I I I don't know. Did uh, Brian die of Tarth? I couldn't tell because it was so I don't, dark. I, I didn't think see. I didn't think so. I mean, there was a scene where and her and Jamie was getting overrun. So I don't know. I mean, it was so freaking dark. I couldn't tell. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they explicitly showed that. I, if they like, did, I, you're right. I didn't like, see that either. Like, you know. So I hear what he's saying. You know, but they want to keep people around for the last battle. So I, I mean, I get it. But I mean, I wasn't as put off by it. But it did kind of go like probably a cut. Some people you actually care about should have died. But um, you know, uh, I think Grey Worm didn't die. Yeah, that was a big surprise. Yeah, so which is you know which is awesome, but um, you know I, I mean I just wanted to see a battle with the Night King. You know what I mean? I didn't want to see the Night King just walk up all gangster and then get stabbed in the gut and then he's dead. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to see a battle, like an actual battle. I wanted to see him draw his sword and throw down. That would have been I don't, awesome. I don't. I, I'm not really sure that that ever could have happened though because anyone who is how N no john is not no i disagree john is not on the night king's level I, I only by some kind of subterfuge could you kill the night king there's no way that anybody could kill him in that. just straight battle but i didn't say that uh what i said was i if you remember what i said is they could have done the aria um ex machina it could have been they were battling, you know, he's fighting him, he's fighting him, he's getting his ass whooped, and then right when you think he died, Arya Ex Machina, she comes in. Oh, I see. Him. I would have been fine with that if that's. But how, then, but but I, then that that would have to me it's a that waste. would have destroyed like, the Theon thing. How? Because the, what Theon was going to go attack him first, right? And then Theon got wasted. So. uh... I mean, that's... Theon's the one that I actually felt the baddest for, to be honest. Like, I wanted to see a battle between the Night King and and that would have been cool. That would have been awesome. Like, you've been waiting... That, that moment when they were on the dock, when he was on the dock and he was looking at him, that's like... Mm -hmm. You know what it reminds me of is... I love this movie, No Country for Old Men. But yeah. it was disappointing that they built up this confrontation between... Sugar and um, Josh Brolin's character, and off screen he gets killed. Like you know, that was I don't care. All these film buffs tried to tell me how that was brilliant. No, no, the fuck it wasn't. You know, and I love that movie, but that was not cool. Like that was a that was a, like remember like that movie where he's all like, yeah, I'm gonna see you, and then you know like and you're like, oh cool, they're gonna have this this face off, and then it's like he got killed off screen. It's like what? <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, that's what it kind of reminded me of is like when he, that moment where they saw each other in the, um, you know, remember in season six, I think it was? I do. I, I do. I know exactly and, what and, you're and talking you're like, about. Oh, like, oh, at some point they're going, it's going down. Nope. It does. It didn't go down. Like I'm saying, I'd have been fine with Arya getting a death kill, but give me that though. Give me that. That's what I've been waiting for is, you know, is that confrontation and it didn't happen. I give you another, uh, another thing was the first season of Heroes where you're looking for Peter Petrelli and Siler to fight. And they did this in, it wasn't the last episode, but like a couple of episodes before the last episode where they were in the future or the past, I can't remember. And, and they were, they were like kind of faced off a little bit. And then, you know, uh, hero had left and you're like, Oh man, this finale is going to be great. Cause Peter is going to go head to head against, uh, um, Skyler and then Siler. And then when they did face off, it was so whack. And, it, you know, it just was like, it was like a wet, limp noodle. You know what I mean? That's how I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I hear you and, and I am, I'm absolutely appreciating how dissatisfied you were, but I can't imagine that I also am the only person that really liked this. And I'm, I, I don't feel like I am giving, th- that I'm giving them a pass or that I'm, somehow uh you know glossing over things that are not good or couldn't have been better or whatever i'm saying that i thoroughly enjoyed what happened in this episode from start to finish they what what i what i realized was going to be a very difficult thing to pull off they pulled off whether the whether the characters did exactly what i thought that they would do or not Again, that's all about me, and that I feel like is okay. I can have my own personal levels of expectation, but this, but the the episode itself, and as the episode relates to the rest of the series, the, I honestly, I just have to disagree. I felt like this was really good. I it, and it, there was something satisfying in this to me, which which was different from other episodes that I've seen of Game of Thrones. I think, obviously, because there was a lot happening, but also because we don't often get to see so much, other than, again, if I go back to the Battle of the Bastards, um, that we don't often get to see so much happening and so many threads to kind of pull in order to keep the continuity straight in your head. And it was uh, it was really refreshing. Like you said, last last week was... It was a little slow. It was a little tough to kind of get into. It wasn't, it it just, you know, it it lacked some serious narration rhythm. But this episode did not. And it didn't overly pay attention to things that it shouldn't. Uh, If there was any scene at all that felt too long, it was the, on I think purposefully, the one scene where it feels like a really long, long take as they're going through the hallway that felt really long but again you know in in the sense that it that it helped i i can't think of a better way to do it i I don't know i just feel like we just don't see we're not seeing on the same level no because i don't it was very unsatisfactory and then it makes me not it makes me really question how good these last three episodes are going to be because the first three are substandard in my estimation and like this really crapped the first th- th- like this was you know like I said 
it was just I'm so satisfying. surprised to hear you say that. I don't know why you're surprised. I really thought that you would like it. No, I, I really mean, did. Like there were things that I did like about it. And then it was just like, you know, like there were things I liked about it. But then the the ending was just so whack and so unfulfilling. And it was just like all of this just like the Night King was so built up and he dies in a stupid way. It's like it's kind of like when Snoke dies in um, Last Jedi. Like this guy was so badass. He was so tough. And he dies on some bullshit. Mm. He, he just dies, you know, uh, you know, it was like when I first saw it, it was like, oh, wow, that's surprising. And then I thought about it. I was like, this is stupid. Like, and you know, I don't know. It was just, it was unfulfilling. And, um, well, I'm sorry for you, actually. I mean, I, honestly, I don't say that patronizingly. I actually really am sorry because, I, because that I can understand why that would feel like such a letdown for me the, it, I I actually feel like I've got a lot of hope going into the next episode in how they're going to because I know that the next episode isn't going to be the battle I know the next episode is going to be uh deconstruction of what just happened fall out from what just happened and then ramp up into whatever is going to happen with Cersei and I'm actually I feel like I'm looking forward to that almost more than I was looking forward to this because this felt like uh, it's a plot line that had to be dealt with. It was something that has to be, that there has to be a resolution to this only because you have to move on to who claims the Iron Throne. Yeah, it's going to be something stupid. I already know. <laughs> it's going to be something so stupid. And it's going to be like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's maybe well, uh, let, maybe, maybe Sansa be, will take the Iron Throne. Let's just be honest. They've been exposed and you said it, too, in the last season as this is Benioff and Weiss that now that they don't have oh. books, they've oh, been definitely exposed as they're not that good. Oh, de well, OK, so the way that I look at this is and I mean, that criticism will stand true for me. 100%. I do feel like this is 100% two fanboys who got together and said, let's do this thing. Uh, and I, I, I completely agree with that, right? I mean, it almost has, at some at some times, it has uh, a, a quality to it that feels like, uh, w what else can we pour into this? Because money's no object. Well, just whatever we want to do, they'll let us do. The, okay, so I, I totally agree with that. But from an overall, from where we were, from where we started with them, th it does feel like, yeah, okay, this is this is actually good. Like, you know, I've got people kill me, but I don't like Quentin Tarantino. I, I like some of his older work, and I like sort of some of the stuff that, you know, the inceptually, the ideas, him. but I don't like him. I don't and I don't really him. like his material all that much. So when I look at it, when I see The Hateful Eight, I think, wow, you know, this guy has come a long way in his storytelling. And wow, I can really appreciate that. But I really hate that movie because I really it's don't like Quentin that. Tarantino's storytelling. So I I hear what you're saying. And it's racist, too. That's, that... yeah, and, and that. Yes, and that. I love this meme right here. You see it? Yeah. <laughs> that was from the finals last year when that guy made it. The guy Smith made a mistake, a bad mistake. And that's so funny. The Night King looking at the rest of the White Walkers. 
uh, who let uh, Ari just run up on him like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe I was expecting too much from these guys. Maybe I should have, you know, maybe I should have, uh, I don't know. I mean, okay. Uh, so, okay. So let's set aside our expectations and whether we were happy or not with the, with the episode. Let's let, let's just at least briefly touch on what do we think is what is now in store for the I would say the more important battle. Well, not the more important battle, but the bigger the battle that is actually the heart of Game of Thrones. And and how do you think Cersei has entrenched herself at this point that would be a bigger obstacle than an army of the dead. Cause I would really love to hear what that theory is. I'm, uh, I was more excited about the night King. But can I, can I, one more thing before we get to that, <laughs> I can't let it go. Yeah. When it in the last season ended with him destroying the wall and it was like, Oh my God, it's going to be amazing. And then two years later, this is what we get like oh god the terrible no this is bad <laughs> like that was so awesome he reanimates a dragon and then he destroys the wall with the dragon and then you're like oh man this is gonna be so freaking awesome and then we get two snoozers and then the build up to this and then it's like oh yeah he gets the night king gets killed uh by aria on some dumb shit and you're like and then it's all resolved. it's all resolved and we just move on and business is oh my god anyway sorry what was the question i'm sorry i had to get that out I, <laughs> god i mean honestly i feel like i should bake you a pie or something because no you, they need to remix that ending okay well you I and i you and anybody, i i better we'll, never hear anybody say anything about hurley in in um inheriting the island with ben Listen, you and I will take all of the footage that we've got so far Hi, and Ryan. we will create our own ending so that it's more satisfactory. How's that? I would say Hurley inheriting the island with Ben was better. But anyway, <laughs> I will stick to that. I'll give you that. Wait, I'll, wait, I'll definitely give you that. Can I tell you something that. about that real quick? Yeah. Okay, so the um, I didn't know who really George R. R. Martin was. Right. Um, I mean, I had heard of him, but I didn't know, like, you know what I'm saying? I didn't realize I knew who he was. Right. And uh, when the lost finale happened. Right. That was before Game of Thrones, I believe, aired. Right. And yeah. And there was this big controversy. I don't know if you know about this, but one of the co-creators of Lost was a guy is a guy named Damon Lindelof. And. George R. R. Martin and him are both from New Jersey. And mm. George R. R. Martin tweeted that the, the the Lost series finale was a big turd left on his doorstep. And they had like a back and forth with each other. Uh, George R. R. Martin. And mind you, at the time, I really didn't know who he was. Because uh, um, I'd heard of Game of Thrones, but it wasn't like something that was really, you know, in my brain. And Damon Lindelof said something very interesting. And what he said was, and this is before the Game of Thrones TV craze. He said that when George R. R. Martin said that, he was hurt. 
because he looked at him as an idol. Like he looked wow. up to him, not just, you know, being a writer who wrote these books that he loved, but also that he was from New Jersey too. And he looked at him from, you know, being a homeboy and all of that. And he said it, mm-hmm. it hurt him. But then he said he had to relook at, he said he actually had to remix it in his head why it went from hurt to, he said, wait a minute, my idol actually was so invested in something that I did that when it didn't go the way that he wanted to, he was actually so disappointed that he had speak out on it. So he changed it into like looking at it as a positive that, you know, how many times did your idol actually, um, actually even check out the stuff you're doing. Right. And at the time, right. it didn't really mean that much because I'm like, who's this George R. R. Martin guy, right? And then later on, like, it was brought up again. On, he was on some on some show, and I was like, oh, that's right. Then it made more sense. Oh, that's who this guy is, you know? So, uh, you know, it made more sense later. But that I thought that was an interesting story. But anyway, enough loss. Uh, let's go back to Game of Thrones. So ask your question one more time. I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, the what I was asking was whether or how you think that and and maybe you don't i mean i'm 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 almost second guessing your answer at this point mm-hmm. but how do you think the uh the what cersei has put into place could be more significant in terms of what we see other than if they have it the battle happen during the day uh <laughs> between the the forces that are left and her army and what we've just seen and the night king and his army the army of the dead um, like how do you think how do you think how do they go how do they move forward from this point with something that is as dramatic to keep us you know not just in suspense but also understanding that this is this is actually the fight of this is the fight you know i'm starting to think maybe they should have resolved this in the last season and that, yeah i agree and that made the whole last season about cersei versus everybody i i agree i i think that they should have pushed the timeline quite a bit like they really should have pushed the timeline and had the night king be one whole season all by itself right. and then done this because this is the political piece of game of thrones that is the most interesting i mean we haven't we we have been playing politics, even though we've it's been interspersed with battles, but we have been playing politics for eight seasons. And that feels like it gets undermined when 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 this is what has to take up. And I'm not again, you know, I'm not saying that this wasn't great. I'm saying when this is what we get and we don't get a resolution to politics and only have a very small amount of window left to do so, it feels a little disingenuous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like. How's he? Wait, how's he falling for the, this? How does he fall for this? The banana in the tailpipe. Really, really, <laughs> really. This guy is so brilliant. Really, this this makes sense to you? Look at this. How does he fall for this? He's like, oh, uh, my bad. Really, that makes sense. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. It's. It's it, it you know by itself okay so I, I I now I feel like I should sort of clarify a little bit so by itself there are there are moments and you know I'm always looking at things from a structure standpoint it's one of those things that if you've ever written uh, a novel that 
that or novels that span a big time period, you have to be very cognizant of your structure because things come back and bite you really quick if you're not paying attention to continuity. And so as somebody who has done that, who's written that, I'm always looking at story, especially continuing story with that eye, with that bent. And what I find with Game of Thrones is that they are usually really good with their continuity. A couple of, you know, glaring mistakes that they make, but overall they do a really good job of it. And in this episode, there were many structural points to the episode that felt a little out of place. Uh, and, and I guess to some people more out of place than others. But the, but the while the integrity of the episode stayed together for me, I do I totally understand why pieces of the episode fell apart if you just examine them by themselves. You know, th those things do actually matter in the long run. It's just in the scheme of this episode, this being the pivot point here, it, it, it I am sort of willing to kind of overlook it because there's something bigger happening. I know I keep saying that, but I really feel like there is something bigger at stake. And that bigger thing that's at stake is this is the fight for Westeros. So whether it's the literal battle fight for Westeros or whether it is something completely esoteric or philosophical, it still is supposed to be the most important point of Game of Thrones. I, so, uh, I mean, for me, I don't know how they up the stakes to make Cersei's stand feel more intimidating than chasing down the Night King, other than obviously the army is going to feel beaten down and incredibly, I mean, the Dothraki are gone, right? I mean, are there, uh, if there's any Dothraki left, there has to, they can't be many. Yeah, it's, the that, end, it's the end of the Dothraki. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't, that, that leaves a sting. And then the, and the unsullied, the, the, I mean, they paid a heavy, heavy toll. So what is left of the, of the army now feels small in comparison to what I think Cersei would have been able to manage because she's got the Iron Bank behind her because she can pay unlimited because I feel like they're I feel like again that this is gonna instead of coming down to sort of the raw muscle of who's got what if it doesn't come down to who's political and who's got the right advantage then it's gonna feel like this isn't Game of Thrones this is just might makes right you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean... It, I, I kind of got a hint of that with Tyrion and Sansa talking in the crypt. I mean, one of the one of the really few and I think well done pieces of dialogue in this whole episode was between Sansa and Tyrion. And, and it, it that to me seemed important. Yeah, I mean, I think that... Uh... I think they made a. They might have made a mistake because, you know, I mean, how are they going to gen this up so fast? And then you know, they're going to have another battle, and you know, it won't be as interesting. And we're not like they. So many people got killed, but I saw in the next on they seemed like they their forces were backed up to par. So it, it, I don't get, I don't know what was going on, man. 
Um, maybe there's something. Maybe there's something else that we're missing from this, though. Like maybe there's. Maybe we're not seeing the whole picture. I don't know. I thought the same thing because it felt like this was a huge decimation of their army and how they how they pick up the pieces and then go off and fight Cersei feels <clears throat> kind of. Uh, I don't. It just doesn't feel. It feels less than. But uh, you know, I, I also I keep going back to why in the beginning uh why in the beginning sequence um we in the you know in the opening where they've got all the great animation remember that the the dragon uh the spear the um i'm sorry the uh i forgot what they call it oh darn it uh, i feel like a fake fan right now um the the it's the it's kind of like the catapult that basically um can spear a dragon mm -hmm. right remember that right <clears throat> okay the i keep going back to why is that in the opening credits like uh, clearly we're not done with that I, of, of everything that they could show that seems like very purposefully put in there and my guess is that if daenerys wants to get rid of cersei using the dragons now is sort of the only way to make this work and so by proxy, I feel like the dragons have to die. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, Which is really sad. Did uh the one that Jon Snow was riding? Did he die? I don't think so. I I think that dragon was really hurt, but I don't think it died. Yeah, I can't even tell, man. It was, it was all over the place, man. So I don't there was know. there was so much to track. Honestly, there was so much to track, and without going to see it i've only seen it once without going to see it again i know that by the second or the third time that i've seen it i will pick up on the things that i feel will make me feel like i know and understand more but at least for now there's a lot of open and hanging questions that i have about why things were put into place the way that they were overall this was i just i mean i'll say it again i really liked the episode but there are some I have some big questions about choices that were made and they don't relate to just my own personal preference. They relate to things that I've seen in other episodes and in prior seasons that don't exactly stack up for me. Hmm. Uh, we just saw a religion die tonight. We saw a whole religion die, right? There is no more Lord of the light that that's gone. Because Melisandre is dead. Everybody who was a follower is now dead. Uh, that felt very significant. And oof, the fact that Sir Davos saw it made me just sort of, I mean, that was actually pretty poignant. But th that's gone. I mean, things that we heard about the old gods and, and, and how things have changed mm -hmm. now feels like it's actually on that knife's edge. Maybe, uh, I'm still very invested in this story. I mean, I still really, really, really like it. Maybe they could, um, maybe they can get Odin to come and help out. Me, uh, let's not say that. Uh, or uh, let's not let's or Mad Sweeney. Look, oh, we, wait, Mad, Sweeney uh, Mad Sweeney could work. Mad Sweeney could t as a in a crossover. Mad Sweeney could totally work. And honestly, there is nothing that couldn't be done by bringing the Winchester boys into the Game of Thrones. I mean, that could just we could stick Dean on the Iron Throne and everything would be great. 
Oh, Pie boy. every day, everybody. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so disappointed. See, okay, so you had your, this. so this was your, this was your really disappointing uh, piece, right? I had mine already when I watched the season finale of American Gods. So I, I, I just, I felt like I, I just don't know where that story is going. I don't understand what they're doing. I, I, I just, I can't even make sense of it. And I, I, I oftentimes think, oh, I'm so awesome at this, you know, whoa, I can figure the, and I can't figure out what they're doing at all. <clears throat> but at least in Game of Thrones, I, I, I still feel like, like there is, there's good continuity that still exists. Like the people who I sort of expected would die did die, but a lot of people that I expected that would die didn't die. So I, again, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're saving people basically to die in the last, in the last piece. Yeah. I called upon the Lord of light to give me strength. <laughs> I'm sad actually about the way that Melisandre died. That was just so, Oh, I like Melisandre. Uh, She's my one of my. Me too. Favorites. I I didn't. I just felt like that was so. It it you know I get you know that she had that I knew that this had to be the end. I mean, it really was the phasing out of that religion altogether. But it just felt so lackluster for a character that really lent itself. I mean, think about what kind of casualties and damage just she alone was able to influence just by lighting the dothraki swords afire and by lighting the trench afire i mean that that was huge she definitely did not get enough credit yeah well salute to uh i'm sure no let's take a look at the ratings for these episodes i know they were breaking records but i um let me let's pull them up Real quick. I I heard Game of Thrones last week actually had gone down quite a bit in in ratings. Oh which... wow! No, they're huge. They're, I mean, yeah, it went down. Yeah, but not that much. Uh, well, season, oh no. Yeah, because season premieres always go up. I mean, go down slightly after season premiere because all the hype leading up to it. Um, right. Yeah, no, it's like eleven and ten million. Uh, that's pretty awesome. We. We were, we were putting that into perspective the other day by saying that basically there's about a million and a half people that live in the entire state of Hawaii where I'm from. And so we were saying it was like if everybody in the state watched Game of Thrones 12 times in one day, their viewership. And it, it I mean, it was pretty staggering when we thought about it. Yeah, that's. Wow, that's pretty awesome. I didn't realize that the seventh season was so short. Yeah, I guess so. Huh? Yeah, that was a really short. That was a very short season, which which lends itself exactly to what you said. If they had used that short season to finish up the Night King as a uh, as a uh, as a thematic point, if they had had the battle then, if they had moved the wall destruction up, if they had you know had the revelation sooner. I, I feel like then this season, again, being super short, could have just concentrated on the on basically the, the war that is the most important in Game of Thrones, which is the war for the Seven Kingdoms. Oh, uh, Benioff and Weiss direct the finale. Really? Yeah. 
Well, that's surprising. That's a weird one for them to start cut their teeth on. Wait, have they directed before? I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I feel like one, or maybe not both of them together, but I, I'm pretty sure I've seen at least one of their name in the director credit side. I'm looking, and he directed the fourth. Uh, D.B. Weiss did the first episode of season four. And Benioff did season three, episode three, and yeah, okay. So they've done both one a piece, okay. Yeah, the ratings have definitely grown. Well, and I mean, we're, this is the, right, this is, it's not just that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not just that this is the last season, right? This is, this is, it, it, it is truly a, a finale in a way that I think is, uh, is, it, it's like a pop culture finale, right? It It's, people are so, or people have become so invested in what happens with, the story of a game of thrones that it it is permeated into you know just every walk of life when when the president of the united states uses it as a meme no matter what the reason is that he's using it you know that you know this is big it's it just it it carries such weight throughout our culture so the the finishing of this i feel like is genuinely people would, I mean, honestly, people really would want to watch it just because of that, you know? I mean, you know, gone are the days when it's like such a cool thing to say, oh, I've never seen any Game of Thrones. Now you just seem like, what's wrong with you? A loser. Yeah, right? I can't help but wonder. Sometimes it just feels like, oh, are you trying to be an edgelord? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give you some respect. I'll throw that out there. Yeah, it does crack me up when people say it on I've never watched that. Like it's a badge of courage or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. I bet you Stannis. <clears throat> I bet you Stannis uh, Baratheon is sitting there thinking, "Why didn't you do that fire trick with our so- swords?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Where was that at when uh, I could have used that? It. It. There's. I. Well. I guess. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I won't get into that. Uh, what you know. Before I forget, uh, you just brought up Stannis Baratheon. I gotta. I gotta bring something up, right? Uh, so, in in terms of standout moments, first of all, Bran didn't have that many standout moments, which I'm kind of sad about because I really expected that she would. But do you think that any of the characters other than Arya and I'll hazard. Well, I won't say anybody else. I just say other than Arya because she was the big. I killed the Night Queen or Night King person. No, the, D- did the anybody Queen, else well, have any huge standout moments to you? Um. Yeah, uh, Theon. Theon definitely for me did. Um, also. Uh... What's his name? Samuel Tully. He had a, a couple of moments, and uh, man, Sam really found some courage, didn't he? Yeah, I thought Jamie Lannister was pretty quiet. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that was pretty interesting that they made him quiet. Um, the guy with the flaming sword had 
come, you know, moments up until his death. I never know what his name is, so if y'all want to get mad at me for not knowing him, oh well. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna print you up a little cheat sheet for next next. Well, next now season. it doesn't matter. Yeah, next season. <laughs> they're all <laughs> they're all I can't they're wait all out season. anyway. Um, and uh, um, oh, that the little crazy girl that stabbed the giant in the eye. Liana. Yeah. Yeah, Liana Stark. Uh, I mean, the Liana Stark. Oh my god. Uh uh uh, uh Mormont. Mormont. Thank you. Okay. I um oh my god, that was amazing. That was uh, I just from a poignant standpoint, that was truly awesome. And then she reanimated, remember? Uh that was just freaky. The I I I thought that that was actually good because because her, she was such a little person, and yet such a little person took down the giant. I mean, that it uh, wow! It just felt the 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 stature of this person was so big, and her force was so strong that she took down a giant. That seems amazing to me. I I really liked that. I love the way that they did like that. Foretelling Arya in a way because it was very similar. Yeah, in some ways it was, well, and they're both very, uh, understated isn't the right word. They both have sort of a, uh, you don't expect as much from them, but then when they all, but they're powerhouses underneath. I guess. They are. They both are. I, I, well, again, you know, we just agree to disagree, but I, I, I think that, Arya was a hundred percent the one that should have been the ultimate how? defender of Winterfell. How? What do you mean how? It makes no sense. Why does it make no sense? Why? How could she be the one? She had no well, connection to the Night King at all. But her connection never... was to Winterfell. She was defending her home. She was defend. In some ways, she was defending the memory of Ned Stark. No. Yes. That yes. She totally. She was the one to me. She was the one that was that that it, the only one left that was a true Stark to defend Winterfell. Oh God, that just seems like you're just shoehorning because you want her to be the hero. No, not at all. Jon Snow is not a Stark anymore, and Sansa's not a warrior. Who else is going to defend Winterfell? Everybody else is fighting the army of the dead, not defending Winterfell. Oh, Theon, uh, in in some ways, Theon, I feel like was is more stark than than even Jon Snow, which is sort of crazy. But I I I really liked the fact that Bran said that to Theon because uh, because that Theon said Theon didn't just say, you know, thank you for defending me. I mean, Theon basically said. I mean, I'm sorry, Bran said to Theon, you're a good man. Uh, that, that I can't through. even, knowing that he feels like he's not a man at all and he's has not. been forever. He's not. Once you have your ding-ding chopped off, he's not very manly. <sighs> That's, clearly Theon proved that wrong. He absolutely was, uh, he died heroically. Okay. 
good for him too because he that, uh, that's not reek in in the books reek really uh, i mean reek is just such a broken 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 I'd be being i'd be broken if I it, it wasn't just being emasculated it was it, i mean in the book uh, you know we think that in the series we understood how cruel ramsey bolton was but trust me if you read the uh the the books the, it's horrible the things that he does are it just ugh, man i don't even know how he survived at all and also i mean the, he cha- he physically changes uh, his his body physically changes not just that but i mean he physically doesn't look the same anymore so in the series it's a it's a it's a lot more understated same thing with Tyrion. Tyrion's scar you know in the series is like ah you know it's a little line across his face it's actually not that disfiguring in the book Tyrion's scar is really disfiguring yeah isn't his nose gone or something yeah i mean it's it's awful you know people pass by him and stare yeah well i'm glad they didn't do that when I read that in the book, I was like, I was hoping they wouldn't do that because that would have been too, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's already a dwarf. He doesn't need any more, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, he doesn't need any more uh, handicaps, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I mean, it's, it, it the, the, the series Game of Thrones, I think, has done a pretty, an interesting job making faults a, a not minimized but so that we the viewers are not paying attention quite as heavily to people's faults uh unless we're supposed to and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't but i think in this case it actually does because Tyrion still has or has had a a really long journey and i feel like it would have been really a lot harder for us to understand some of the stuff that is happening with Tyrion if we had seen that every week. Like, we would have started feeling pity for him in a way that I don't feel like he actually needs. It works better in a book? Well, that particular one, yeah, it does. It works. It does work much better. And also because I think in the series, they they really do sort of go out of their way to make sure that you know that people... Uh, that like they're trying to level the playing field i guess in some ways i mean again you know making theon theon instead of really transforming him into reek is one of those things you know i mean there's a lot of personality stuff that we see as that transformation happened but theon sort of comes back out of that and at the end is like it's utter redemption I, I feel less inclined to think that that's how the book portrays. Reek does a lot of stuff, which is great, but it's not like the Theon that we know from the series. Not at all. Um, just two side note things. The guy who plays Theon, Greyjoy. Mm-hmm. And isn't it funny, though? The guy named Greyjoy has, uh, this is some, a third thing. The guy named Greyjoy on the show has no penis. And a guy named Gray Worm has no balls. Uh, <laughs> so don't have Gray in your last name or in your name at all. Or, you know, <laughs> you're mutilated. But the guy who plays Theon Greyjoy um, is actually best friends with the guy who plays uh, Ramsey. Was it uh, Ramsey Bolton? The, the, yeah, Ramsey. The, the one that's torturing him. And he. Yep. And I've seen uh, the guy who plays Theon. 
say that when um, they'll go out and uh, when they were shooting the show, especially, they would go out to have dinner and because they hang out, they're buddies. And people would be like, what is wrong with you? Why are you guys together? <laughs> like, Oh, God. Like, people would freak out like, wait a minute, you guys are choking and having fun with each other. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, like, Aww. So, uh, which is pretty funny that, you know, people do that. And then another thing is, the guy who plays Bron, you know, uh, who used to be with uh, the, uh, the Three Eyed Raven. No, 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 not Bran, but Bron. Oh, Bron. The oh, one that, Br- oh, that Bron. Okay. The one who was uh, with Jamie and before that, Tyrion. Yep. Um, you know, he actually dated Lena Headley. Did you know that? Lena, no way. No. They, they dated before the show, right? And this now, you know, she's with somebody now, but apparently that relationship was so bad. That they don't, they refuse to do scenes together. I didn't know that. I saw that today. That that's Ooh. why you never see them in scenes together because whatever happened in their, in their relationship uh, is so negative that like that's why they're never really in the scene or even scenes that you think they're in the scene together. It was shot in a way where they wouldn't be in the scene together. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and they dated like I think they broke up in 2014, possibly something like that. So. Uh, oh, so, that's horrible. Yeah, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So, uh, that's a little Game of Thrones uh, facts that uh, I throw in out there. Um, I can give you a lot more, but, you know, we don't have enough time. But one thing we can do is, how can people reach you on social media and all that good stuff? <laughs> well, funny you should ask. People can find me on social media on Twitter at followingbliss one. And you can visit my websites at criticallaughs.com or moviesmakethemeal.com. And spoiler alert, I am redoing both websites to do a little bit something different. So tune in, see what you see what you think. Drop me a line. Let me know. All right. You can get me at KentaF on Twitter. You go to anyradio.org, I-N-D-Y radio.org. The site is down just a little bit, but it'll be right back up. Uh, we'll be back, of course, next week with an all-new episode. Uh, and this Wednesday, we'll be doing the finale of American Gods. So, uh, busy week. Kinte and I will be reversing roles, most likely. Or at least I will be reversing part of the role that I have played in this podcast to join Kinte in the depths of despair for our, <laughs> for our Wednesday episode. Uh, all right, we'll see. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. 
Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions.